Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back. This is episode number three of the official Your Conflict Coach podcast. My name's Hannah, and I'm your conflict coach. Thank you so much for joining me again. I am really glad you're here for this episode because it's going to be a little different than episodes one and two. You know, so many people that I've talked to, people I'm close to, friends, family, and even strangers, have mentioned how heavy this week has felt, how much they're struggling, how overwhelmed they feel. And I'm not going to lie to y'all. I've been feeling it too. So I want to start off by reminding you that if you're in a difficult season of life, for whatever reason, take a second right now and give yourself some grace. Even if it feels like there is no reason. Give yourself grace anyway. Remind yourself that highs and lows are so normal, expected, understandable, and temporary. In these moments, when things feel overwhelming and either a little or a lot out of control, we need to meet ourselves right where we are. Feel those emotions. Acknowledge the feelings and ask ourselves what the smallest step forward looks like. In these, we'll call them valleys of life, the next thing coming is a mountaintop. But every time we've been in a valley before in our lives, we've had to climb the mountain to get to the next peak. There doesn't have to be a time limit on your climb to the next mountaintop. You don't have to be out of the valley by tomorrow. The only way to climb a mountain is step by step. And those steps can be as small as you need them to be. What does one step look like for you today? We'll figure out the next steps as we go. But it's important that we meet ourselves where we are understand the way we're feeling, even if we don't understand why. And instead of focusing on what got us there, why we feel that way, instead of dwelling on maybe your inability to process what's actually going on, focus instead on what those little tiny things that just bring us one step closer to the mountain, to the peak, one step further from the deepest part of that valley. What do those things look like? What's one of those things that you can do today that will exert the smallest amount of the limited mental, emotional, and physical energy you have? Ask yourself that question and honor what your mind and your body are telling you. 
but don't let it deceive you. Don't let it wreck you. Don't let it bring you so far down that you start taking it out on other people. Innocent bystanders, whoever that may be. I'm a strong believer in giving people the benefit of the doubt when you don't know their story. And believe me when I say, I know that's easier said than done. I also believe that if you're taking your struggles out on other people, unrelated to the things you're facing, the battles you're fighting, if you're taking it out on other people, you've already let it get too far. Again, I want to reiterate, that is so much easier said than done. But this is a conflict resolution podcast, so let's talk about how difficult it is to handle conflicts, even the smallest conflicts, collaboratively, or let's be honest, handle conflict at all, when you're in a valley, when you're overwhelmed, emotionally, physically, mentally exhausted, or even just completely fed up. We've all been there. But this can be a really awesome time to use compromising instead of collaborating. In the past couple of episodes, I've mentioned that compromising, contrary to popular belief, is not a win-win scenario. Collaborating is typically a win-win and is typically the most ideal way to handle a conflict. It's working together to find solutions that meet both of the needs or all of the needs of all of the parties involved. And that can be a really hard thing to do. And that's why last week I went over some of the times when using a dominating style or using an avoiding style, an accommodating style, when those things maybe aren't so damaging, when they're okay, when collaborating maybe wouldn't be the best option. But most of the time it's going to be. However, it can get really hard to have and to use the energy required and the patience required and the empathy required to collaborate in a conflict if you're in a valley, if you're overwhelmed, if you're emotionally, mentally, physically drained. So that's why I say in those moments, that's one of the times when compromising is going to be an excellent backup option. But compromising can be tricky sometimes because for it to work in a beneficial way, all parties involved have to understand and agree that compromising is is the plan, is the goal. And not only that, compromising will only be beneficial if Everyone's goals, what everyone wants, is moderately important, but not worth the potential disruption, the potential confrontation, negative confrontation that could come from using a more assertive method, like dominating or even collaborating. Collaborating can get really emotional. It'll also be beneficial if there are parties with pretty much equal power 
committed to goals that are mutually exclusive, meaning goals that don't directly impact one another. Also, if convenience is a really important factor, then compromising can be beneficial. But for the most part, you're just going to be using it for a backup for collaborating when collaborating isn't going to be possible, whether that's a lack of energy, a lack of resources, a lack of information. Sometimes collaborating genuinely just isn't possible in the circumstances provided. And in those situations, including the ones when you just can't expend the energy, you don't have the emotional or the mental capacity to process in a healthy way or in a correct way or in a logical way, you can use compromising as a backup and it can still be beneficial. And here's why I say that it works best, if not only, when everyone involved has kind of understood and agreed that compromising is the plan. Because if you're out in the world trying to handle conflict the correct way, trying to collaborate with people, find creative solutions that work for everybody, and you're burnt out. You just can't do that anymore. Not today. It's not going to happen. So you're trying to compromise instead. You just want solutions. Even if it means you take a loss or two, they're going to be taking a loss or two as well. You're just trying to get it over with and done. You don't have enough energy to attempt to solve the conflict in, a, in the most constructive way but you also don't want to be damaging. And then the party or parties on the other side of the conflict are either avoiding or trying to dominate or compete, trying to fight for their win. If that's the case, if they're using one of the more damaging conflict styles, which will make it really easy for you to revert back into that damaging conflict style if they're trying to do that. But if they're trying to do that, the best thing for you to do, we talked about this last week, is yield. Just step back, step away. You can use the word avoid if you want to. Yield to that conflict, avoid that conflict until you're ready until they're ready, until there's the potential for a resolution. Because at that point, no one involved is mentally capable, equipped, ready to tackle conflict resolution in a constructive way. It's almost guaranteeing that if you try to resolve that conflict, there will be damage, there will be emotion, which again, emotion is normal, but there will be destructive emotion if you're not prepared emotionally, mentally. So that's why I say it works best when everyone has kind of understood and agreed that compromise is going to be everyone's choice. If that's not the case, then typically I would recommend yielding until a resolution is more probable. Okay, so you've heard me talk and talk about what you should and shouldn't do, but what I want to talk about is why is it so difficult 
to handle conflict collaboratively or even to compromise. When we are so overwhelmed, so burnt out, so stressed, depressed, emotional, just when we're struggling, when we're in those valleys, those hard life moments, fighting those battles, whatever they are, why is it so hard to handle conflict constructively? Why is it hard to collaborate? And the reason is because of triggers or hot buttons. Hot buttons are the things that trigger the highest emotional response in our brain. They bring out the most frustration, the most irritation, the most anger and rage in response to those specific behaviors. When you see them or witness them in other people, when those behaviors start to affect you, whether that's at work, in your relationship, in a family, in a friendship, and there are hot buttons, or most people call them triggers, that are the most common and that are fairly easily detectable. The reason I mention detectability is because when you're in a conflict or when you feel a conflict coming, when you feel that tension, that discomfort that comes with that misalignment, being able to recognize whether or not that conflict is potentially damaging, potentially dangerous, potentially destructive, is really important in knowing how to manage your emotions through that conflict. What steps to take next? Do I need to withdraw? Do I need to yield until I'm ready to handle this? How triggering is this going to be? So that being said, I want to run through some of the top triggers that you can look for in coworkers and spouses and family members and friends and maybe being able to recognize those and recognize which ones are the most triggering for you personally will help you understand which conflicts are about to incite more emotion in you, are about to trigger something in your core identity a little bit more than other conflicts would. So as I read through these, there are just a handful of them. I want you to think about the last time you thought something like, that was so frustrating. I don't know why that made me so mad. Think about the last time or few times that you felt that way about someone or a situation. And I want you to think about those times and see if any of these hot buttons or triggers that I describe would answer that question for you. The first one is aloofness. People isolating themselves or not seeking input from others or being hard to approach. Next one is abrasiveness. People being arrogant or sarcastic in a disrespectful way. Next one is hostility. People who lose their temper, become angry or yell for seemingly unexplainable reasons or in unemotional situations. Next one is micromanaging. We typically think about this one involving work, but it can happen in relationships and families as well. It's very, very common and a really common trigger for a lot of people. For a lot of people, it translates as a lack of trust. 
you obviously don't trust me to do this. You don't trust me to know this. The next one is being overly analytical. People who are perfectionists overanalyze things, focus way too much on minor issues, or tend to do things the hard way. There's also being self-centered. People believe they are always right or have narcissistic tendencies. And then these are called the three U's, the three U triggers, because they all start with U. It's the letter U, not Y-O-U. Unreliability. Unappreciativeness. Untrustworthiness. People who miss deadlines, can't be counted on. Or people who fail to give credit where credit is due. Or don't praise good performance. Refuse to reward or acknowledge success. People who exploit others take undeserved credit. If any of these descriptions of actions or behaviors answer that question, why did this make me so mad? Then that's probably one of your hot buttons. It's probably a really significant trigger for you. And they can be triggers for many reasons, whether that's just past experiences or just we happen to be a person that would never behave that way. So it really bothers us when other people do. There are plenty of reasons why these could be hot buttons or triggers for us. But knowing what those are and understanding what is going to incite negative reactions out of you, what's going to bring those emotions forward in an overwhelming way, can be really beneficial in being able to prevent outbursts in conflict. And that's a thousand times more true when we're in a valley. When we're in a moment or a day or a week where we can't handle everything the right way, we're too busy putting our energy towards the things we have to be putting our energy towards. In those times where just facing those battles every day, getting from morning to night, morning to night again, is as much spare energy as you have. After the rest of your responsibilities are done, when we're in that valley, being able to recognize what will bring that negative emotion forward is so important in being able to avoid it for your own health, sanity, safety, and quality of life. So at the end of the day, if all you've done is take one tiny step away from the deepest part of that valley, then you've done enough. And tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, those little steps will get easier and they'll get bigger. And before you know it, you'll be right back at the peak of that mountaintop again, ready to take on whatever's coming next. And in those moments... Be sure to practice collaboration. Practice recognizing when those hot buttons come up, when those triggers come up. When you have that energy, it's really important to put what you know into practice and be a good influence on the people around you. Teach other people who have never seen constructive conflict resolution what it looks like and why it's important. But when the world is heavy, 
when things are hard, sometimes all you can do is just take little steps. So this week, I just challenge you to every day take one little step further away from the deepest part of the valley that you're in. And if collaboration isn't on the table, try compromising. If compromising isn't on the table, try yielding until you're a little closer back to that mountaintop. Everything is going to be just fine. That's all I have for you in this episode. I truly hope you learned something today. And even if you didn't, I want to remind you that sometimes unlearning things is just as important. And that takes time. So I leave you with this. What's one thing you can start to do better today? As always, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Your Conflict Coach with two H's. You can also email me at Your Conflict Coach with two H's at gmail.com. 